Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. I'm so glad that we spend time together in learning how to discover our calling for the kingdom of God. I would like to invite you to listen to the first session if you have not done so, and you can understand more. I'm so excited to teach this lesson because I believe that God has put gifts, talents, and experiences into your life so that you can live your life for the kingdom of God. We have only one life to live, and we want to live for the kingdom of God. We want to honor Him and serve Him and live a life that gives glory to Him. Therefore, I believe that this series of teaching is very important to all of us. Many Christians love God, they have gone to church, but they don't know their calling and their ministry. In this lesson, we're going to learn how to discover our calling. I would like to pray with you right now and ask the Holy Spirit to teach both you and me. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that you love us so much and you are, Lord, the good Father who wants to feed us with good spiritual food. And we want to receive the truth right now and we believe the truth that we received and we obey shall set us free. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Romans chapter 12 verses 1 to 8 tell us how to discover our calling and our ministry. Let me read for you. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Because of God's mercy, we want to give our life to Him. We want to live for His name and for His kingdom. And when we give our life to Him, we can then get involved in the service to the Lord. Verse 2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives 
with liberality. He who leads will with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. From these eight verses of Romans chapter 12, we learn how to really get into the calling of God, how to discover our calling and our ministry. God created us uniquely, and who we were created to be dictate what kind of works and service we will do for the Lord. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1 again. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. From this scripture, we can see that in order to discover our calling and our ministry, the first thing we need to do is that we value and appreciate the mercies of God, that He sent Jesus Christ into the world 2,000 years ago. Jesus sacrificed, Jesus suffered for us so that we can have a super abundant life and eternal life. He also showed His grace and mercy in our daily life. I like to count the blessing and remind myself of the grace of God upon my life. He gave me the job. He protected me. He guided me. He blessed me and my wife and my children and grandchildren. I always recognize the mercies of God. And I want to respond to His mercies. I dedicate my whole life, my body, my mind, my emotion, my time, everything that I have to Him. I want to serve the Lord Jesus Christ who died for me. I dedicate my whole life, my body, to be what God wants me to be. So number one, dedication. I remember when I first moved to America in 1985, I knelt down in a bedroom and said, God, I love you so much. I want to give my life to you. Whatever you want me to do for you, I will do it for you. I seriously dedicate my life to you. That's what I did in 1985. And after that, God provided me a job in Seattle and He has taken care of me and eventually He called me to pastor the New Hope International Church. Everyone say, dedicate my life. Everyone say, dedicate my body. The second principle of how to discover your and my calling. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 say, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Number two, we need to eradicate Get rid of anything that will hold us back. We need to eliminate the competing distractions and the things of the world. One of the reasons we cannot do a ministry for Christ is that our life is filled with everything but the ministry. We fill our life with the things of the world, wanting to 
have a lot of money. We want to have a lot of homes and uh, properties and have fun. Nothing wrong about having money. Nothing wrong about having a nice home. But if we follow the things of the world, we would not have time and energy for the ministry. When the Bible talk about the world, there are three meanings. Number one, the planet Earth. Number two, people in the world, people who live on this planet Earth. And number three, the system of the world. The system of the world will tell us that. Let's pursue success, money, reputation, materials. So if we keep that mindset of pursuing the things of the world, we will not have time and energy to do any ministry. We cannot burn a candle at both ends. If we are serious about serving God, we have to cut something else out of our life. We cannot keep adding and adding things into our life without cutting something out. We may have to cut off some television program instead of spending so much time on the television program. We may have to cut it off. I give you example for myself. My children ask me, "Daddy, I think you should buy a boat so that in, during the summer time you can get into the boat and enjoy Lake Washington." With the family, I pray about this, and I think if I buy the boat, it will add to me some responsibilities and more financial responsibility and time-consuming. I say no. I want to have time to travel for mission trips and for serving the Lord. Therefore, I decided not to add this thing into my life that is to own a boat. You see, I need to cut something out. In order to be able to have time and energy and finances to serve the Lord, it can be anything that distracts us from serving the Lord. If we put something important in our life, we need to take out something else that is not important. You see, we need to eliminate some competing distraction from the ministry. Let's look at verse three, Romans twelve, verse three. For I say through the grace given to me, to every one who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So number one, dedicate our life and our body to serve the Lord as a living sacrifice. Number two, eliminate any distraction in life. Number three. We need to really evaluate our strength and what kind of grace that God has given to us. I cannot be a pastor and a teacher as a neurosurgeon without the grace of God. God gives us grace so that we can do what He created us to be and to do. Therefore, we need to pray and seek. The Lord's direction. What kind of grace I have? What kind of strength we have? Everybody is a mixture of strength and weakness. You and I have something that we are very good at, and we have something that we are lousy at. With every strength comes some weaknesses. So, the key 
is to find out what we are good at and we accept the level of grace and the level of the good quality we have without comparing to other people and we do the best to use our strength to serve the Lord. Humility is being honest about our weaknesses and also being honest about our strength at the level we are without lifting ourselves up too much above the level of our strength. If God created you to be good with your hands, you can say, I am good with my hands. I'm going to use my hands to serve the Lord. Some of you are good with words. You speak very well, very clearly. But others are good with numbers. Some of you are lousy with people, but good with using computer and also technology. God made all of us to be different. And He put us together in the body of Christ so that we can serve one another and help each other. So please evaluate your own strength. What good you have in your life and what weakness you have in your life and use the good part that God has put into your life. That is number three. Number four, Romans chapter 12, verses 4 to 5. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. The fourth principle is that we need to appreciate other parts of the body of Christ or the church. We need to value their strength, their gifts, their talents, their experiences, and who they are in Christ. And we need to cooperate with other believers in the church. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 31, please read this passage of Scripture yourself. Paul used the analogy of a body to compare the body to the local church. No Christian on earth should be an island himself or separate himself or herself from other people. I need your ministry and you also need my ministry. Every member is a minister in Christ's body. Every member is important. Every member should function by cooperating with other members. Every Christian in the church has a different function. Every Christian in the church is a minister and his or her ministry is very important in the eyes of God. Every Christian who belongs to a local church belongs to the other members. We are together as one body. We need each other and we should work together in unity as a team. We see the value of other people. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13 says, For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether Americans or Asian or Africans, whether slaves or free, 
and have all been made to drink into one spirit. You can see that God baptizes or put us all together in one body to be together, no matter what nationalities, what language, and background we have. We come together to become one, and we serve the same God, and we are anointed by the same Holy Spirit. So we should work together and cooperate with one another. First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 21 to 22. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. You see that whatever part of the body you were created to be, you are important and you need other people to work with you as a team. The eyes need the feet, the hand need the liver, the ears need also the mouth and the heart and the lungs. So we need each other. Some organs we can see with our eyes, like the hand or the eyes, but some organs are inside and no one see. No matter what kind of part of the body or the organ of the body, every one of us is important and we should work together, cooperate with one another. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 24. But our presentable parts have no need, but God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. You can see here that God honors every part in the body. We should value, honor, respect, and see the importance of every member in the church who function in the ministry to build the body of Christ together. We should not look down upon anybody. We should always encourage one another and help one another to serve God more effectively. That is number four. Cooperate with other believers. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verses 6 to 8 together. Having then gifts different according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So the fifth principle of how to discover our calling is that we find our gifts, the spiritual gift, and find our talents and then activate them, use them, develop them, do the best we can in serving the Lord. We can see here that God gives us gifts and talents and all kinds of good things. We need to discover them and activate them. Don't put them in the ground and ignore them. No, we should use them, develop them, and pull up our sleeve and use them for the kingdom of God. We should discover how God has molded us, shaped us, and created us 
for the ministry to the kingdom of God. Job chapter 10 verse 8 say, Your hands have made me and fashioned me. The Bible says that God made us. He fashioned us. He shaped us and formed us even before we were born into this world. God has been molding and shaping you and me for ministry since we were born. So God is working in our life. And that's what happened to my life too. All these 40 years, God has been shaping me, molding me, and training me, helping me to be a good pastor and a good leader in the church. In fact, God started uniquely shaping even before we were born. He started His process even before we were born into the world. Psalm 139, verses 14 to 16. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When it was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance, being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written. The day is fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. There are three important truths about how God shaped us, formed us, and molded us. Number one, we were shaped for a purpose. We were not shaped by accident, but we were shaped by God molded by God for a heavenly reason. So God has a purpose for our life. Number two, we were shaped in a unique way. Nobody else is like you and me in the world. You are unique. Everyone say, I am unique. If we do not do the ministry God has given us, nobody else is going to do it. We are so unique to do that ministry for this particular time, and for this local church, we are unique. You are unique, I am unique. Number three, we are wonderfully complex. We should not complain to God about why He has made us different from other people. God specifically designed, formed, and shaped us for specific reasons, for specific desires of God and intents. We are so unique and for a specific purpose. And we are very different from other people. Romans chapter 9, verses 20 to 21, the Bible says, But indeed, O man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it? Why have you made me like this? Does not the potter have power over the clay? from the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor. You can see here that God formed us for specific purposes for His will to do specific ministry for Him. When you study about God's calling and the ministry God wants you to do, 
you will find out that your function follows who were you shaped to be, or in other words, function follows form. When you study about architect, you will find out that form follows function, but in ministry, function follow form. What it means is this: what you are going to do in a building, in architect, in building, determines how you are going to build it. So you look at the function first, and then decide the building to fit with what you want to do with that building, the function. An architect will ask, "What are you going to do in this room or office or in this building?" Like the design of the church building is different from the design of residential home. You see, because of the function, different function dictate the design. You build a building in such a way to fit its function, or you desire what to do with that building. But when it comes to ministry, it is exactly opposite. Function follows form. What God made you to be, your form, determines what function you should have. Your ministry is determined by several factors. You need to find out what kind of form you were created or shaped by God, and then out of that, you will discover your calling and your ministry. First Corinthians chapter twelve verses four to seven. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but the same God. Who works all in all, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The Bible talks about there are many spiritual gifts or the manifestations of the Spirit of God through His people. There are diversities of activities and manifestations of the Spirit. Therefore, who God created you to be. Will determine your ministry. You need to find out how God shaped you, molded you, designed you to be. In other words, your shape will determine your ministry. There are five factors that influences who you are. Five things. Number one, spiritual gifts. First Corinthians chapter seven verse seven. For I wish that all men were even as I myself, but each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. We're gonna learn about spiritual gifts or the manifestation of the Spirit in detail in other session in this series of teaching. The question is, what am I gifted to do? What kind of manifestation of the Spirit in my life that God? Has graciously worked in my life and through my life. What kind of spiritual gift? Number two, the second factor, Revelation seventeen verse seventeen. For God has put it into their hearts to fulfill His purpose, to be of one mind and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. Number two, your heart desire or your passion. Number one, spiritual gift. 
Number two, the passion of your heart. Philippians chapter two verse thirteen. For it is God who works in you both to will, to will mean your heart desire, and to do for His good pleasure. The question is, what do I love to do? What ministry do I enjoy in being involved in serving the Lord? Do I have passion to do? The passion, the love, the desire. There are some things that we just hate to do, and other things that we just love to do. That is your heart desire. That's your passion. Where did you get that natural inclination? God put it in your heart. God wants your ministry to be a fun thing, a blessing, not a burden. Therefore, it is a legitimate question to ask yourself: What do I love to do? Why would God give you a ministry that you do not have a heart for? He would not do that. You will not succeed in a ministry if you do not have fun and passion doing it. You need to enjoy it. You need to discover what your heart beat is. So that's number two. Number one, spiritual gifts. Number two, your passion, your heart desire. Number three, your natural talents, vocational skills, and abilities. First Corinthians chapter twelve verse six says, "And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all." Exodus chapter thirty-one verse three, talking about God gives some people the ability in construction. Or in the handy works, and I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. Some people receive the supernatural ability from God to do the handy work. Some are good at video camera. Some are good at soundboard. Some are good at repairing the car, cooking. Arranging, planning, administration. Second Corinthians chapter three verse five. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. God has given us the abilities and talents, the natural gifts and natural ability. Our competence comes from God. What natural talents or skills do you have? You need to ask yourself. You need to observe yourself. Natural abilities are different from spiritual gifts. God gives people natural abilities, and God also gives His people supernatural, natural gifts as well. Number four, personality. First Corinthians chapter two verse eleven. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. In other words, God created us to be unique, and our own spirit know who we are, what kind of thing we like, what kind of personality we have. Where does your personality best suit you to serve? We all have different personalities. If we are introverted, we should not get involved in a greeting ministry. 
if we do not have a personality that fits a ministry, we choose to do it. It will put tremendous stress on our life. God does not want us to serve in a ministry that is opposite or contrary to our personality. So that's number four. Number five, we need to look at our spiritual gift, passion or heart desire, natural talents, and our personality. Number five, experiences. Experiences also determine how we should be involved in ministry. There are four different kinds of experiences. For example, what spiritual experiences have I had? Hebrews chapter 5, 12 to 13, talk about the spiritual experiences. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principle of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. Some people, spiritual experience so small, they act like a baby Christian. Some people are very mature, have a lot of spiritual experiences with God. So you need to pursue spiritual maturity and experiences with the Holy Spirit and with the fulfillment of the Word of God. You grow in your faith, you grow in your love, you grow in your compassion and in the power of God, spiritual experiences. Not only that, painful experiences. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 30, blows that hurt cleanse away evil, as do stripes the inner depths of the heart. Painful experiences can determine our ministry. God may allow us to go through painful experiences, and He comforted us so that we can comfort others who are going through the same thing. If you lost a child, you can easily relate to someone who has just lost her child. You should never waste any painful experience in your life, even ones that you bring on to yourself by your own wrong decisions or your mistakes and weaknesses. You should use painful experiences to benefit the kingdom of God and your God-given calling and ministry. So painful experiences, spiritual experiences, all kinds of experiences that you should have. How about educational experiences? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 13. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go and keep her, for she is your life. The Bible talks about instruction or education. Are you educated in English language or linguistic ability? Are you educated in computer? Are you educated in the area of repairing the home? Are you educated in the area of cooking? God wants you to use that educational experience for the kingdom of God. Not only that, educational experiences, painful experiences, spiritual experiences. The Bible also talks about ministry experiences. What kind of ministry experience do you have? 2 Corinthians 9, 13. Why, through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession 
to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men. God wants to give us the ministry experience. The Apostle Paul talked about his experience in preaching the gospel of Christ to the Gentiles. Some of you have a lot of ministry experiences. Some of you may not have any at all. Your ministry will be most effective and fulfilling when you are using your gifts, spiritual gift and ability in the area of your heart's desire or your passion in a way that best expresses your personality and experiences. My dear brothers and sisters, success is not measured by how many members you have in your church, how many souls you save. Success is doing what God makes you to be and to do to the best you can with faithfulness, with faith, with love to the end. We all have different levels of talents. Some can be a pastor of a 50-member church and some can be a pastor of a 2,000-member church. That is the level of talents, the level of grace that we all have in a different way. But the key is we do the best by using what God has given to us and what God makes us to do. We need to discover our calling. I hope that this teaching helped you to understand how to discover your calling and your shape, what God has shaped you, molded you, and formed you to be so that you can do what God made you to do. Thank you so much. And I believe that you will continue to learn this series of lessons and teachings and you will eventually flourish in your ministry and in your life to serve the Lord. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much, Lord, that you show us how to discover our calling. May your Holy Spirit shine the light upon our heart and reveal our spiritual gifts, abilities, personality, heart desires, and experiences. Help my brother and sister, Father, to be able to serve you fruitfully, faithfully to the end. And they all will have rewards on earth and in heaven, Lord. And they will enjoy living their life for you serving you, there will be like a living sacrifice who discover what is good and what is the will of God, is the perfect will of God, what is acceptable to you, Lord, Father. We thank you, Father. Anoint them, give them more grace, help them to be humble, help them to find a good church so that they can serve and get involved. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much, and I will see you in the next session. We will continue to talk about discovering my calling. God bless you. We trust that this message is ministered to you. 
If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Thank you.